speaking the truth to the state capitol. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, an exciting whatever Wednesday, but it's not necessarily whatever Wednesday. Uh, we may or may not take callers on the second half. So you're going to just have to stand by and listen if you're thinking about calling. Uh, it is day 169 of the mask siege in Lincoln, Nebraska. This is Drive Time Lincoln. I am the host, Commander Jack Riggins, detainee 3101. And as always, when he's healthy, detainee 722 is on the board, which he is today. Today's Drive Time Lincoln, which again, is not a whatever Wednesday. So now I owe you one. And you know that I'll pay up. So, you know, we'll just double down eventually. But we've got guests all week. We've got Elena Newman tomorrow, uh, concerned uh, citizen, doctor, as a matter of fact. And to be honest, she's one of the biggest voices in Lincoln of the immigrant population. So we want to hear what she has to think about the local goings on with regard to the immigrant and refugee population and how they're viewing and taking all of this in from whatever COVID city council, different legislative things. And then we will have gubernatorial candidate, Charles Herbster on the entire hour on Friday. Uh, so we'll just have to push it next week. Okay. You should be paying attention, Lincoln. And if you're not, you will eventually. Somebody will reach you, and you will hear about the old but new fairness ordinance. Um, we got to the very first part of it yesterday with our guests, Mary Hilton, uh, concerned Lincolnite mother, um, really activist who said the best way to start changing this is to join city council and unfortunately you weren't successful in that but thank you for coming on drive time lincoln great to be here again and i say that because a lot of people in lincoln do know you they know you from um your you know just being a great citizen but also volunteering to run for office and the fact you're still um out there representing the people <laughs> and sam line Hey, Commander. Who is a lifelong Lincolnite, born and raised here, lives here, raises his own family here. And both Mary and Sam spoke out at the Tuesday City Council, uh, Monday, excuse me, geez, Monday City Council meeting on the Fairness Ordinance. Let me quickly just run back through it for you, the abbreviated version, because I want to give these, <laughs> these beautiful people the most airtime today. Uh, the ordinance, which was around 10 years ago, uh, got passed, and the people of Lincoln signed a petition to get it done. No, we don't want it. And the city council at that time should have either thrown it out or put it to the vote of the people. They did not. Ten years ago, the city council essentially wrote their own law. They didn't actually wrote their own law. They just did what they wanted to do, and they shelved it. And then magically, in this crazy year of covid and wokeism and all kinds of things it popped back up now that's where we stand it popped back up and people that were pro went and testified and mary and sam were part of the group that opposed this ordinance and they both were aware of it 10 years ago or have been tracking it historically um so there's an issue right there with the legalities of what happened 10 years ago and where we're at today. And more than likely, whether you're pro or for, you should care about the legalities of a city council that has a vote of the people that says no 
and then they do nothing legally that they're supposed to do, and then 10 years later they bring it back. That should concern every Lincolnite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. The, you know, that's called the law, our charter. Two, um, interesting enough, I wouldn't have known it, but I'm becoming quite an expert in public transparency. And the city council, by charter and to some degree, has to have transparency. Magically, in the last five months, minutes and public comment, meaning emails or correspondence that's brought to this city council and becomes public record and is normally posted on their website, has just went blank. Boom. Magically. We don't know what the public thinks about city council ordinances and thoughts for the last five months, people. Number two. We don't know, per law, when the city council meets in their director's meeting, what they talk about. Because they're supposed to post the minutes to the website. Just go to the website and look. It's not there. So now we've got a city council that didn't follow law 10 years ago, has brought back a highly contested ordinance. I'm not even talking about the issues in the ordinance yet. And they're just going to try to ram it through, it seems. And yet, for the last five months, they're doing no transparency by law or best practice. And just so you know, if you want to uh, (laughs) hit the chair up who's in charge of that per city charter, that would be Mr. Bowles? Michael Bowers. Bowers. Bowers, Bowles. I'll get it. Michael, you're not a, a fa- favorite of mine right now because I don't know anything about you other than uh, you can't simply get the minutes and the agenda and the public record out to the people for the last five months. So frankly, as I discussed yesterday, I think you're a failure. Because it's pretty important that an elected official and a chair of a government body like the city council is able to publish the minutes and the agenda and the public record for us to see. Let alone somebody on the far end of conspiracy theories could think, well, geez, if they're not telling me about the director's meetings, which essentially are closed doors, and you're not publishing that, what are they doing? I don't know. What are you doing? A quick check of your record shows that you also have a Northeast engagement meeting that historically goes on in Lincoln, Nebraska. And that's supposed to be published. And magically, that hasn't been published either from you. Uh, But in October, you were able to put it out on your Facebook page. So I'm not sure how your personal Facebook page helps the city of Lincoln see what's going on in the Northeast sector. So I have a lot of questions about that. Okay, guests. <laughs> I mean, could it just, it's, it, when it rains, it pours. It's like, couldn't I have found this and seen this on some little issue that was not highly debatable? I guess not. Here we are. So, um, let's first talk about the actual ordinance and some of the language and changes that you testified to Um, that are kind of your personal highlights that you testified to. I'll go with Mary first. Okay, sure. So the first thing that I brought up in my speech on Monday was the fact that 10 years ago, 
um, the citizens of reason of of Lincoln woke up to what was going on in their council and the fairness ordinance came under their scrutiny and um, by the charter we are a nation of laws and we are a city of laws and by the charter that our city um, runs on says that we can have a referendum if we can collect a certain percentage of the previous gubernatorial election um, within 15 days after a council issue is passed and signed by the mayor and we can halt it and if we collect those signatures then the council is forced to repeal or put it to the vote of the people and neither of those things happened 10 years ago and we have been waiting ever since for our opportunity to have justice on this issue the other thing that I pointed out was that it was um, it was reported by news media that the Commission on Human Rights, which deals with discrimination in this city, um, it receives complaints. They only have had um, a couple dozen complaints in the last year, and those complaints were were even less than the year before. And of those complaints, only three cases found to have reasonable cause so the others were either false accusations or just um uh lacked any merit that they could Mm -hmm. find so in my mind we have a 66 page ordinance that has red lines and additions all the way throughout on every page this is a solution looking for a problem to solve and not only is it not solving a problem it is creating a problem as a mother of seven children five daughters i am very concerned about the policies that will be enacted if this ordinance change passes um, that will violate bodily privacy and safety and coerce uniformity of thought. My children and I love to go to the Y and swimming pools and, um, you know, sporting games with the YMCA. They use locker rooms. I have children in the public schools, and I am very concerned that men can enter into a women's locker room or bathroom and nothing can be said or done about it. And in fact, a business. Um, or an organization that doesn't allow that to happen can will start being fined ten thousand dollars a fine yeah this is coercive and it is not just and it is providing special rights instead of equal rights yeah okay let me break that down quickly i'm going to go to sam because if you're not following this closely i think it can be a little confusing so let's quickly talk about the law okay when the people voted 10 years ago, the city council by law should have done one of two things. Throw it out. When you say should have done, by law, yeah. required to By do. law, required. Thanks, Sam. Yes. You're absolutely right. Required by law to throw it out, meaning no more, or put it to a vote of the people. That is not negotiable. That is not should have done. That is required to do. Right. They did not do it. Okay. That's what happened. That's where we stand. You've talked, Sam, about they've had 10 years. 
10 voting cycles to put it to a vote. They haven't done it. Okay, so that's the facts of the law side of it. When you hear fairness as it's being described, there's a lot in there. There's been a lot taken out. There's been a lot added. Where you're going to see a lot of people, myself included, talk about this is the expansion of when they say fairness and equal opportunity to actually expanding beyond existing good laws to special treatment for certain classes of people. Now, that special treatment that I'm talking about, that this fairness ordinance does, is mainly focused on gender identity and the person's ability to identify whenever they want with whatever they want and give them special protections in the case of going into restrooms that they choose, that they feel like. It's also, and Sam, I want you to talk about this because you testified, it's also not something the city council or the city would be liable for having made the decision, but the business owners that then would be potentially fined and all kinds of madness if, in fact, they don't follow this. And this is played out in several other cities already, folks. So that's kind of wave tops. Mm-hmm. Sam, your highlights from testimony. So you know, as you think about any new law or ordinance that comes to your city, town, state, the thing you start to think about is how does this affect me and my family? That's where it really comes home to roost. How is it going to affect me? And so as I, as I was talking to my wife, um, we have uh, one son, three daughters, um, all young. And, hey, we go to Woods Pool occasionally. And at Woods Pool, they, you pay and you go to the left, it, uh, the men's locker room, or you go to the right, the women's locker room. Um, and I didn't testify specifically on this because I only had five minutes. And <laughs> even though I uh, would like to identify as another person to be able to get another five minutes, um, <laughs> we, di- we didn't quite get there. Um, but I did I did talk with one of the council people, uh, Benny Shobe, and I, I laid out this um, hypothetical. And it, it's not a hypothetical. It's not because it's happened it's, in other cities that have passed this. Right. And, it, and, and my family, we do go to Woods Pool and we do go. We do make those choices. Right. And so my wife and three daughters go to the right into the um, the women's side locker room. We get changed, put on bathing suits. We swim, come back out, change again in the locker rooms and and. There's no doors on those locker rooms to go in or out. It's just um, it's just the privacy. It's the uh, assumed privacy that people will follow the rules. And so I said, a lot of a lot of people testified. Hey, I want to feel safe. You know, a lot of the proponents said, Hey, I want to feel safe. They didn't necessarily say why this would make them feel safer. But I said, Doesn't my family also have? Um, the right to feel safe and and how safe do you think I will feel if I know that my wife and three daughters are over on uh, the women's locker room getting um, getting changed and you have enacted a new a, a new class of protected individuals and that new class is if you if you perceive, and, and let me just read the language here, uh, gender identity or expression shall mean an individual's actual, so their biological, or their perceived gender-related identity, their expression, behavior, 
or other characteristics of an individual with or without regard to their assigned sex at birth. So if, if the, the uh, perceived gender identity, expression, and behavior wasn't enough to cover it, just, just to catch all other characteristics, if, if a man, a biological man, meets any of those criteria, you just walk in. And the, the management can't do anything about it. They can't kick him out. Because uh, if they do, $10,000 fine, loss of job. They call the police. The police hands are tied. There's, they're a protected class. Mm-hmm. They can't trespass them. Um, and so how safe am I going to feel watching my family walk around the corner into the ladies' locker room? Yeah, let's continue to break this down further. I'm glad you talked about some of the language in there because there's some more language that is totally confusing to me. Um and there's just issues with it. We don't need special class of citizens. We just need citizens. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, we're on with uh, Mary Hilton, uh, ran for city council, activist, concerned mother. Lincolnite uh, is an opponent of this fairness ordinance, and Sam Lyon, who was is a lifelong Lincolnite, raised here, born here, raising his children here. Uh, They both uh, struck me as having provided good testimony on Monday against the fairness ordinance, and so uh, we're trying to get them on and and hear their take. And and there's more to it than this. I mean, I've already described and will continue to describe, forget the ordinance, just practices at the city council with law. So by law, the requirements of the city council. Then I'll continue to talk about posting director's agenda and attachments, public comment, and director's meetings, and the fact that over the last five months, none of us have access to what the city council is talking about behind our back, let alone none of us have any idea in historical norms, in transparency, of what our fellow citizens are telling the city council. That's amazing to me. And this guy, Bowers, is running for state senate or something like that. Bro, bro, and I mean that seriously, bro, you can't even post your own minutes of the, what, seven-person organization you're in charge? Seriously. You're terrible. I didn't say you're a terrible person. You're terrible at that. That is, I, I don't know how to describe you right now. Maybe you should come on the show and defend yourself and tell us what you are good at. Because you're not good at being transparent to the people. All right. Sam, real quick, you mentioned to Benny Shobe, what in the outcome of the situation, which we know has happened across the United States and cities that have passed a similar ordinance, what are some of the thoughts there that, that you were told? So, I, I let off my... Hang on. We'll come back. Okay. You know me. I got long-winded. We'll come back and we'll pick up there. <laughs> 1,499 KLIN. Okay. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, we're back. We're trying to hammer this out on the fairness ordinance. Uh, I've got Mary Hilton and Sam Lyon in. They both testified on Monday as opponents to it. Um, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, Sam, I was asking because you you talked about the example of. The local pool, um, there are national examples that have already happened uh, with this exact dynamic where a biological male identified as a female or something and was in the location and now a whole world of trouble you know, came down on the business owners and mm-hmm. it was a big thing. And that's one of the things. But where we were at, you had asked uh, Councilman Shobe kind of about it and we were kind of running through that conversation. 
Well, and and Cho basically said, hey, in that situation, hopefully uh, the common sense rules the day, right? They can kick him out. The police can kick him out. It just opens them up to a $10,000, you know, liability, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can do it. Um, And, but I, but I was, as I was talking, I was like, but this is also guidance for, this is guidance for city employees, for all Mm -hmm. employees. Like, don't, if someone expresses that they're a different gender that gender than what they appear you can't do anything that's no. going to be guidance for the lpd as well right uh and and an officer that comes in is not going to feel good about jeopardizing his job and a ten thousand minimum liability to the city to tell someone their hands are going to be tied right um but it seems like and and politicians like everybody are susceptible to the law of unintended consequences and this is no different and it, it's like it's like they write these the this legislation in this utopia um thought process and have no idea that uh there's going to be predators mm-hmm. that are all too happy to exploit their bad legislation who live in Lincoln and who would be very willing to travel to Lincoln to exploit the legislation in order to uh, take advantage of vulnerable people in vulnerable places. And that's what we have seen in, in other areas. Yeah. Uh, Mary has some um, examples of, of, of other places. There, I just read an article um, where a, a girl was raped and, and the biological man who was wearing a dress at the time um, was convicted of rape. But he, why do you think he was wearing a dress at the time? Right. Right. To gain access to the place. And, and so what you're saying, and I've heard other people say it as well, is they, the city council is not through, thought through what we would call the, in the military, the second and third order effects of this. And they are trying, they, they would, they would tell you they're trying to create safety and equality for everyone. But in fact, the way it's written and the way they're going about it is going to potentially make a very minority group feel safer, but now alienate the majority of the public. The other piece on that, and and Mary, I want to hear from you, is that many of the proponents testified that even without this for the last 10 years, how great Lincoln was Mm -hmm. and is already for those communities. Yes. And I, and I would say, I agree. Yeah. I think it's a great, tolerant place that there's a lot of individual diversity and thought, and that we're a pretty darn good example of diverse Americans working together. And I don't think we need to create a new protected class. Um, I've, know, li- I've lived in Lincoln my whole life, and I have not seen a lot of hate right. towards any right. thing. And you saw, talk about you know the law and... Uh, the bigger picture as well in some of these cases, you know, not just here, but nationally and what their charter really is as a city council. Right. I mean, when I think of government's ultimate role is to protect our unalienable rights and our first freedoms, freedom of thought, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and to create a social order where Everybody has the maximum freedom. And based on the, the, the proponents to this fairness ordinance and all these 67 um, pages worth of changes, we are living pretty well 
in Lincoln with one another. Mm-hmm. But what I think that um, this kind of an ordinance passed in such um, in, immense, it's an immense overhaul is what has been done by um, co- by Councilwoman Washington is um, it's saying that it is illegal pretty much to disagree. Mm-hmm. It's um, but disagreement is not, first of all, discrimination. That's right. Um, the policies that are being enacted in here um, are will take away constitutionally guaranteed freedoms and provoke intolerance towards people who have differing beliefs and faiths than those who are pushing this agenda and this ordinance because it is agenda sexual orientation gender identity is on a hard march to get everything that they want and it is detrimental to society it it is a it's a progressive far left coup in trying to create a protected class well above in a city that's already a beacon for equal opportunity the other thing that I found interesting, and I don't know if one of you have it up, but if you do, look for me. What struck me was the simple definitions of a man and a woman. And then it, it kind of goes, yeah, I have it. okay, man, woman, neither. I, after this quote, though, I want you to roll through that. Because this is what you and I, the people of Lincoln, you know, if, I don't expect you to go and look at the 67-page document. I'm about 60 pages through it. And it's an overhaul, like Mary says. But look at that definition. And then there's more stuff in there that some of the city um, uh, uh, landowners, renters, uh, their businesses renting to people uh, testified to. If you didn't know, folks, it's not just protected classes, but a service animal can now be a miniature pony. I'm not joking, Lincolnites. In a home. a miniature pony is going to be approved to be a service animal. Now, listen, there may be someone out there. I doubt there's 10. And if there's 10 or there's one, call me, call the show, 402-479-14. I will get you on air. I'm going to tell you how you deal with that. You go to your landowner and you let them know what's going on and why this animal who's been trained as a miniature pony to be your service animal And you work with them to make that work because it is such a minor, minute case in the history of mankind that it doesn't need to be put in a city ordinance with second and third order effects that haven't been thought through. But this is the insanity I'm talking about. A miniature pony, folks. So all you folks that are renting properties, stand by because if you let this go through, you can have miniature ponies walking around in your rental properties. All right, Sam, tell me these lines. This line is another one all of us should pay attention to. The so, definition. So the definition of sex shall mean female, male, those are the two that I'm familiar with, neither or both, and includes but is not limited to sexual orientation and gender identity, which I had mentioned previous. previously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, listen, male, female, biological. Vast majority of Americans believe in that. Now, we also know that there are people that have and are born with mental health and have gone through transitions, yada, yada. We know this. But now we say neither. We, I mean, the language 
is written by a third grader. A third grader. What the hell does that mean? You can't even write something that educated people in Lincoln, Nebraska can even understand what it means. And then you add the miniature pony thing in there. And seriously, Lincolnites, do I need to say more? Do I need to say more? You can read the 67 pages if you want. Um, you want to take some calls, guys? Yeah. Let's take some calls on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Call in if you're, uh, if you're a proponent. Call in if you're an opponent. Call in if you need more clarification on uh, Sam or Mary Hilton or, or my thoughts on this. One of the things um, while we're waiting, because we've had some texts, though, is in the off chance, because what the mayor said, and what the city council said is they want to pass this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's what Mon- they wanted. Monday. 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 Excuse yeah. me, Monday. My, my wife's not going to kill me because I don't know when Valentine's Day is. <laughs> uh, Monday. Valentine's Day. We I made, did in your phone. We made a big deal about that in the in the uh, city council. Got to have it done by Valentine's Day. Uh, and we got to get in alignment with all the big ten cities. <laughs> Whatever. But what if? What can the people do if, in fact, we come into work on Tuesday morning, and this has been passed. What are you guys hearing from other people that are opponents um, that can be done? Um, you know, does it even, is it even legal to go back to another referendum? So you'd like to think that um, the people that are in charge of making the laws would follow the laws. Uh, and you talked about um, what is government supposed to do? I think setting an example for the people would be great. I mentioned this to um, actually uh, uh, Councilperson Bowers. Yeah. When he he got mad because somebody clapped for the person that testified before me, and that's not a law. That's just a, a you know kind of a uh, yeah it's etiquette for the for their room. And they they said hey it was about a year ago they said hey let's not do clapping anymore. Okay, fine. Um, but he was getting pretty frustrated that people were just. Clapping called it an outburst. Yeah. Um, and that's when I reminded him that, you know, it's kind of frustrating when the people who set the rules don't even follow their own rules. And this is one example uh, that this is more than a rule. This is the law. Right. The charter. Right. The, he, he's trying to enforce perceived etiquette there. Right. And you're trying to say, hey, man, got it, but the law. Yeah, the bedrock, the, the, law. the charter, the bedrock, what right. everything is. And if you're just tuning in, what Sam's referencing, and I've said it, I'm going to say it until this thing come hell or high water, right? The city council is not following the law. They didn't do it 10 years ago. They haven't done it in each of the next elections where this could have been put to the people. I'll break that down further. And frankly, they're not following their own charter on publishing uh, director's agendas, the minutes, and public comment. Go to their website. Go to lincoln.ne.gov, city council, and go to director's meetings. You'll just start noticing gaps. What does that mean to you and I? That means the city council is meeting in the director's meetings in private and not publishing their minutes of what they talk about. So it should be no surprise that this just magically popped up. Why? Because none of us have been able to go to the website and understand what they're thinking. And those, some of those directors' meetings are public. But you know, for when yeah. you, when you have, you know, cause that's what you do. You just spend every day of your life in, in the, in the public hearing <laughs> yeah, all, meetings. Yeah. You got all Tuesday morning attention. with the county commissioners. You got right. Monday night with the yeah. city council. You got Monday afternoon at the, yeah. the directors' meeting. Lincolnites, where you go is you go to that website at your own time, and you check in on what your elected officials are doing. Let's take some calls real quick. Uh, Anna, on line one. Hi. Um, 
I just feel like those who are obsessed with their sexuality and whose sole identity is in their pants are, I feel like that's a threat to little boys as well as little girls in bathrooms. And I think these people should build their own little 65 outhouses or however many variations of sexuality they got nowadays at their own expense. And, um, guess that's all i got to say i appreciate the call anna uh yeah i mean there's infrastructure things that can be done um but in the end of the day i mean we have our bathrooms it's choices um and again this comes down to what the city of lincoln wants to do and there was a one there was one of the opponents that testified uh monday um, a man and and he said this was maybe I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, he was in the men's restroom using the urinal and a woman walked in on him and he said it was very embarrassing. It was very um, degrading to him. And and so it it happens both both ways. But uh, the most vulnerable of our society is our children Mm -hmm. and women. They get preyed upon. And I think that's who will take the brunt of this. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And and again, that's not me and you hypothesizing up here. That is fact in other counties and cities. And again, like I said, Lincoln, you don't have to be San Francisco, right? That's why America is a free place. Each municipality gets to create within the law mm-hmm. how it wants to behave. And we're doing damn good on equal opportunity. Let's go to Dan on line two. Hey, thanks for taking calls tonight. Um, I wanted to... Um uh, talk about the, the the mayor in her testimony said that over 400 cities have already done it as if we have to get in line because all these progressive cities are doing it. And then prior to that, the um, on the, on this station and in the newspaper, the Chamber of Commerce president said that over 300 uh, cities have already done it. And so I looked up how many cities there are in America. According to the 2018 census, there were only just over two or under excuse me, over three hundred cities. So then I looked up. Well, what there's over there's almost twenty thousand cities, towns, and villages. So you have to count um, not major metropolises, but also tiny little villages. Like you could have three hundred towns and cities in California and uh, Oregon alone, where the mayor's from, that could account for half of those cities. So the idea that everyone's doing it, all of the big cities are doing it, we have to do it for competition with all of these other cities is completely fallacious. It's it's, it's nonsense. Yeah, I agree, Dan. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks, thanks for the call. I got a lot of callers. Our, appreciate our it. Is, yeah, our growth has gone up since we didn't pass it. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. So that's a point we talked about a little bit is – how many people proponents testified how great the city is and we all know the growth over the last 10 years unprecedented growth over the last 10 years since the last time that this um or referendum came through to block it since then we've had unprecedented growth folks uh we're getting short on time but stand on the line and i will get you off air i promise so keep calling in if you want we'll we'll find a way 1499.3 klin you're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, we're closing up a powerful Whatever Wednesday with Sam Lyon, and, who is in opposition to the new fairness, uh, the old fairness ordinance, as well as Mary Hilton, who, as you know, has run for city council and pays very much attention to our goings-ons. Um, Sam first. Um, 
what can we expect? What can the citizens do who um, are in opposition to this? So, um, you know, you, you say I'm in opposition. I'm actually, I would be a proponent of putting it on the ballot. Oh, fair uh, enough. Uh, as is required by law. Um, it's interesting you... you um, you mentioned that they didn't do what they were supposed to do, but we actually had one of the city council members uh, 10 years ago testified, and he said the reason that they didn't rescind it is they, they didn't want to, and the reason that they didn't put it on the ballot is because they didn't believe they would get the, quote, right result, end quote. They didn't believe that the citizens would do the right thing or do the thing that they wanted to do. Yeah, they didn't. the citizens weren't going to do what they wanted yes, them to do. E- exactly. And so, therefore, this becomes kind of the king and peasants complex. Yeah. And he said that right in testimony, folks. You can all go. If you want to email the whole city council, email them at councilpacket at lincoln.ne.gov. And, if, tell, and if, tell them to put it on the ballot. Tell them to put it on the ballot. Tell them to obey the law. Okay, you don't even have to get into what you feel about it. Just tell them to obey the law. Okay, that's council packet at lincoln.ne.gov. Mary, real quick. Well, I just like to say this is a consequence of having to put out these kind of big brush fires constantly at our city council. It's the result of people not caring enough to get out and vote. And so we need more than 29% of our eligible voters to vote in the next elections and to start changing things from the inside out. Absolutely. People, you've got to care. You've got to get engaged. Do it by emailing the city council. And for all the council members, people out there, you're welcome to come on the show and share your point of view with the people. 1,499.3.